Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Allen greeting you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I trust you and your household are doing well. We are still talking about the subject of the uh, call of God, and we have been talking about uh, the different kinds of ministries that are in the kingdom of God. And we are now talking about the fivefold ministry gifts, and especially about the ministry of the evangelist. So we talked about the apostle, uh, the ministry of the apostle. We have talked about the ministry of the uh, prophet. Now we are talking about the ministry of the evangelist. And this is the third lesson in the ministry of the evangelist. And we are talking about Philip, the evangelist, about his ministry. And uh, we looked at Acts chapter 8, about when Philip went to Samaria and what happened. Now let's continue in Acts chapter 8 from verse 26. Now this was after Philip had ministered to the people in Samaria and there was a great move of God there and all these people have come to the Lord and Philip wrote to the, sent a message to the apostles in <coughs> Jerusalem. So the apostles came and they laid hands on the people so they should be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then what happened, uh, I mean, this, which, which was astounding. Uh, just think that, that the Jews and the Samaritans didn't actually like one another. They didn't get along with each other. Because the thing is that the Samaritan religion is very similar to Judaism. Uh, actually, their religion, the Samaritan religion is based on Judaism. And they believe, uh, uh, you know, in, uh, in, the, in the Torah and they believe in, in some of the prophets. But they worshipped uh, um, on, on their mountain in Samaria while the Jews believed they lived in, uh, 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 you know, in Jerusalem and they worshipped in Jerusalem. So you can say the Samaritan religion was a heresy, a heretical cult out of Judaism. You may say that. That was actually a heretical cult that had uh, was an offshoot of Judaism, but it was a heretical cult. So the Jews and the Samaritans had no inter interaction with one another. They hardly spoke to each other and they avoided each other because a good Jew wouldn't even uh, pass through Samaria. He would skirt around Samaria and avoid going to Samaria. But Philip went right there and preached and not only really preached, but they experienced miracles and they got saved. And so much so that the apostles came down from Jerusalem and laid hands on them so that they could be baptized with the Holy Spirit, which was, which was fantastic. Now, what happened when this was done, the Lord takes Philip on his next assignment. And this is in Acts chapter 8. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise. So that an angel came and woke up Philip and said, Arise and go towards the south unto the way that goes down from Jerusalem into Gaza, which is desert. So if you look at the map, you look at Jerusalem, you go straight down towards Gaza. It is all desert. So the Lord told Philip, Go there. And he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. Now, this is very interesting because if you, because this guy, he was a, um, an aide to Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, and she had come to Jerusalem to worship. Now, this is interesting because uh, what had happened is that during the time of Solomon, Solomon 
If you remember, he had married an Ethiopian, uh, an, an Ethiopian lady. She was, I think, the queen or a princess of some sort. And because of that, there were Jews in Ethiopia. There were uh, people, you know, Jews in Ethiopia. So this was, uh, historians say that this man uh, was an Ethiopian Jew. So he, he and so, uh, and he was under Candace, the queen of Ethiopians, who had, and he was in charge of her treasure, of her treasury, and he had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was returning from Jerusalem on his chariot going south. If you know Ethiopia, south from there, he was going south um, uh, on his chariot, and he was reading the book of the prophet Isaiah. And then it says, then the Spirit, the Holy Spirit sent to Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah. So Philip heard this man. He went through and saw, heard this Ethiopian eunuch reading aloud the prophet, the book of Isaiah. And then he said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And actually this was from Isaiah 53. The man was reading from the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. And the place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch asked Philip and, and said, he said, I pray thee of whom is, who is this prophet talking about? Is he speaking about himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him, Jesus. You know, this has a very special meaning for me. Because when I got saved, Isaiah 50, I was a Muslim, never seen a Bible. And the first scripture I ever saw was where Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily, cross daily and follow after me. And then I remember a few days later, I was reading Isaiah 53 about the suffering servant. It said the suffering servant. And uh, it talked about the sufferings of the Lord Jesus. And these scriptures, he was led as sheep, as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth. And I remember at that time, I had a revelation of Jesus. You see, these scriptures are very, very powerful. And people read them without understanding. And I remember when I read the scripture, I remember how I sat there and just cried and cried because I suddenly had a revelation and I understood how Jesus had suffered and died for me. And so now Philip 
He saw this Ethiopian reading that same scripture. And, uh, and this Ethiopian man is reading the scripture, but he doesn't know what the scripture is about. So he says to Philip, he says, who is this? Who is this suffering servant that the prophet Isaiah is talking about? Is he talking about himself or about somebody else? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. You see, my friends, it is in the preaching of Jesus Christ that the power of God is revealed. Every revelation in the Bible points to Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What does hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Philip said, If you believe, then you can be baptized. And he answered, he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still and they went down both into the water. Both Philip and the eunuch and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. That the eunuch, he saw him no more. He said the Holy Spirit, after he was baptized, the Holy Spirit just took Philip away. And the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found as Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the city till he came to Caesarea. Now, you know, this eunuch who heard the gospel, this is what the story is told. He went back to Ethiopia and he started a church there. So about uh, in the 1800s, when the missionaries first went to Ethiopia, I think it was 150 or 170 years ago. They saw a thriving Christian church there that had been started by this man. This eunuch had gone in with the message of Jesus and started a church that was still there. So that is the power of the seed of the gospel that Philip the evangelist sowed in the heart of one man by preaching the word to him and baptized him. And this man started this great work for God in Ethiopia so that 1900 years later, when the missionaries first went to Ethiopia, they found a thriving church that was already there. That is the power of the seed of the gospel, my friends. Now, that is why it is important to preach the gospel. That is why the, uh, the ministry of the, of the evangelist is so important. As I said, the evangelist has only one message and that message is Christ. But that message of Jesus, you might think it is the simplest thing there is. And yes, it is. It is the simplest thing there is. But you have to remember this, that the eternal destiny of all mankind, it rests upon the preaching of Jesus Christ. When we preach Jesus Christ, people receive Jesus and they get saved. There's only one way to be saved. There's only one way through which a man can be saved from his sin 
and go to heaven. And that is through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. That, is, that means that there is only one way to God and that is through Jesus Christ. Only through Jesus Christ can man come to God. There are many prophets, there are many teachers, there's many religions, there's many philosophies and ways of thinking in this world. But there is only one way to heaven and that is through Jesus Christ. And the only way a person can believe in Jesus Christ is through the preaching of the gospel. And this simple gospel message, this simple gospel message that Jesus Christ died upon the cross and he rose up from the dead and he's in heaven today and he's coming back soon. And when he died upon the cross, he bore your sins and your diseases. And if you believe in him, you will be saved. That simple gospel message is so powerful that God has raised up the ministry gift of the evangelist. There are five ministry gifts in, in uh, the body of Christ. And they're all in, in, in each way, in their own way, each one of these ministry gifts is is kind of advanced and complicated. If you study the ministry of the apostle, which I've shared with you, there's so much there. The ministry of the prophet, there's so much there. There's so many complexities. And I will talk to you about the minute in a couple of days. I'll talk to you about the ministry of the pastor and you'll see the complexities. You'll see the ministry of the teacher. But the simplest of all the ministry gifts is the ministry of the evangelist and he has only one message but that message is the most important message of all because the entire destiny of mankind the entire eternal destiny of every man woman and child that means uh, what decides whether a person is going to spend eternity in heaven or in hell is determined by only one factor whether that person believes in Jesus Christ and not uh, or not and that only comes through the preaching of the gospel and that gospel message it is so simple but it is so important that God has raised up of the five ministry gifts one ministry gifts whose job is to preach just that message so the evangelist is not a complicated ministry. It's not a difficult ministry. It doesn't have as many intricacies to it as the apostle or the prophet or the teacher or the, or, or, you know, or, or the pastor. But he's a simple guy. He has one message, the message of Jesus Christ crucified. But that message is so important that it must be preached. It has to be preached. That is why we have to send out and we have to support evangelists because that message is the most important message of all. Although it is the simplest of all messages in the Bible, it is the most important of all because it is only through that message people can be saved. And if they don't hear the message, they will be lost. And that is why God has raised up the evangelist. And that's why the church must value the ministry of the evangelist. And we have to pray God to send out more evangelists. Jesus said the harvest is plenteous. He says, pray 
the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth more labors into the harvest. So we need more evangelists and we need strong evangelists, powerful evangelists, and they will go out and preach one message. They will preach Christ. And when they preach Christ, people will be saved. Hallelujah. Praise God. So now this is uh, the, this is the Apostle Paul. He says in Romans 1 verses 14 to 16, he says, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He said, I stand in debt both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. Now, what he's talking about here, what, what Paul said that, uh, that, that he, he owes, he's preaching the gospel as one who is paying off a debt. What he means is that I did not deserve to be saved before all those other people who still haven't heard the gospel. What he means is that I have heard the gospel and I owe it to those who have not heard that they too hear the gospel. I owe it to them. I preach the gospel like one who is paying off a debt. I'm paying off a debt. I'm paying off a debt. I'm a man who is in debt. So he says, I'm a debtor both to the Greeks. He says, I owe it to them because I heard the gospel and they didn't. So I owe it to them. I owe it to the Greeks. I owe it to the barbarians. I owe it to the wise and I owe it to the unwise. He says, I am in debt to every man, woman and child who has not heard the gospel. And he said, not only that, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome. He says, wherever you are, whether you be in Rome, I'm ready to come there to preach the gospel to you. Then he says, because I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel message. You know why? Because the power of God is inherent in the gospel because the gospel contains the power of God that is <coughs> able to save everyone who believes. It doesn't matter who he is, how great his sins are, or what his background is, or whoever it is. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to every human being, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He says to the Jews, he was a Jew, he's talking about his own people, and to the Greeks, that means to everybody. I said, that's why I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because the gospel, it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. And not only that, but it is also the only way. It is the only channel through which the power of God is released. Hallelujah. And I'm not ashamed of it. Then look at this in Acts 10 verses 40 to 46. And he says, he commanded us to preach unto the people. That means that God has commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he 
that is, that is Jesus, who was ordained of God to be judge of the quick and the dead. He says, God has commanded us to preach the gospel to the people and to testify is that Jesus Christ is the one who God has raised up to be the judge of the living and the dead, to give him all, to him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sin. That means all the prophets point to Jesus. Isaiah in his 53rd chapter, you look through the entire Old Testament, you'll see prophet after prophet after prophet pointing to Jesus, testifying of Jesus. He says all the prophets witness that through the name of Jesus, Whoever believes in him shall receive forgiveness of sins. And this is when Peter was preaching in the house of Cornelius. And while Peter was speaking these words, while Peter was preaching about Jesus, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word of God. That means that Peter was preaching about Jesus Christ. And while he was preaching about Jesus, the Holy Ghost came down powerfully on all of those who were hearing the word. And they of the circumcision, that means the Jewish believers were astonished. Those who were with Peter, Peter had a group of Jewish Christians with him. He said they were also astonished. Why? Because on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost because they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Hallelujah. You see, this was until that point, until that point, the uh, Jewish Christians believed that only Jews could be saved, that the gospel was only for the Jews. But they were astonished now, firstly, because Peter went to the house of Gentiles. He went to a house of non-Jewish people and he preached Christ to them. And as he was preaching Christ in the middle of his message, the Holy Ghost fell on the people and they were all baptized with the Holy Ghost. They began to speak in tongues and they began to magnify God, just like it happened on the day of Pentecost. So all these Jewish believers were astonished because the Gentiles had also received the Holy Ghost. Amen. So in Daniel chapter 12, verse 3, it says, And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. It says those who turn many to righteousness. That means those who turn people to Jesus they shall shine as the stars forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. So if we turn many people from sin to righteousness through preaching the gospel, we shall, we shall shine like the stars forever and ever. In Matthew 10 verse 8, these are all scriptures that tell us about the preaching of the gospel. And Jesus said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, Cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. Hallelujah. So Jesus gave the command to his disciples and this is what he said. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. Now these things, for some many uh, Christians, these are like, oh my goodness. He, you know, it's like a huge thing for them. Oh, healing the sick, raising the dead. Oh, I've never heard of any dead person being raised. 
cleanse lepers, cast out demons. How do you do that? But Jesus, for Jesus, these things were simple. He did those all the time. He healed the sick, he raised the dead, he cleansed lepers and he cast out demons. And he said in John chapter 14, he who believes in me steadfastly, he shall do the same things that I do and even greater things than these because I go into the Father. So for him, it's a part and parcel of the gospel. So miracles accompany the gospel message and we have received freely from God. Beloved, listen, we have received freely from God this wonderful gospel that carries within itself the wonderful message of salvation and healing and deliverance and eternal life. So for us to go out and Jesus telling us, he says, he didn't say just preach, but these miracles don't, don't worry about them. He didn't say that. He says, you go and heal the sick because he believed that we can actually do it. Heal the sick, raise the dead. That means we can actually do it. You and I, we have power to heal the sick and to raise the dead, cleanse the leper and cast out devils. Why? We have received so freely in abundance and we can give these to people who need in abundance. Hallelujah. So he says, you have received freely, so give freely. And all that is part and parcel of the gospel message. You see, the gospel is powerful. It is the power of God unto salvation, unto everyone who believes. And this gospel of Jesus has been handed to us. And it is in our hands. It is in our hearts. And if we preach it, if we believe it, beloved, you will see those things. Healing the sick casting out devils, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers, all things, all these things are part and parcel of the gospel. You know, I can tell you many stories. Uh, you know, for, well, for example, let, let me finish with this story. I was in Africa, in Zambia, and I was preaching. And, uh, and, uh, and then the next day, a lady came and talked to Pastor Mavondo, my team leader. And this is what she said to Pastor Mavondo. She said, Pastor, please tell this to Pastor Christopher. I need, I live in a house right at the edge of the field where the crusade is being held. I'm a believer, I'm a church member, but I couldn't come because my mother was sick and uh, my brother died in Zimbabwe, which is a neighboring country. And she said, when my brother died, my mother had some kind of either some hemorrhage or stroke. I mean, she got shocked. And she says she fell unconscious when, he, when she heard the news of my brother's death. And she was unconscious, paralyzed and just totally unconscious for three days and nights she didn't eat and then my mother died. He said when my mother died all the relatives, the neighbors, the friends, everybody came to express their condolences and my mother, we have her dead body on the bed. He says in that house my mother is, is dead on the bed and I'm sitting there and there's about 50 people in the house, people are crying, mourning and then she said I can hear Pastor for Pastor Christopher preached. He preached the gospel and I heard, I remember what he preached. He preached about the Lord Jesus. 
Then he did the altar call and he prayed for people to receive Christ. And then he began to pray for the sick and he prayed for the deaf. He prayed for the blind. And then finally he began to pray for the paralyzed. And she said, when Pastor Christopher prayed for the paralyzed, he prayed like this. She said, I heard him say, oh, he says, oh, life of God, I ask you to come down upon the bodies of those who are paralyzed. He says, the moment he prayed for the life of God to come, he said, the same time, it's like a breeze blew through the room and my dead mother who had been dead for a couple of days or three days I don't remember exact how much she sat up and came back to life and half of the people ran out of the house screaming the other half fainted my mother got up and she washed up and take a bath and came back and said give me something to eat she said I just want you to know my my dead mother was raised up and you know when I heard that and and the Lord spoke to me he gave me this word where Jesus said that even the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and shall live my beloved the power is in the gospel that is why when we preach the gospel we must preach it with a passion with all our hearts and when we preach the gospel even the dead will come back to life hallelujah well, praise God. God is good. The gospel is true. Jesus Christ is alive and he's the same yesterday, today and forever. I'll be seeing you tomorrow and we'll continue talking about the ministry of the evangelist. Father, in the name of Jesus, put your hand of blessing upon my brothers and sisters. Use them mightily for your glory. Use us all, Father. Let us bear much fruit for you so that you be magnified in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, God bless you. I'll be seeing you again tomorrow.